0: From BetaCell and JDRF, this is Lunch Break, the midday live streaming show about people living with type 1 diabetes. I'm your host, Craig Steubing. We have people watching on BetaCell's and JDRF Los Angeles' Facebook page, as well as JDRF's Twitch account. We're going to be taking questions from you at the end of the show, so send them our way in the chat, and we'll get to in the last few minutes. I'm here today with Sarah Fletcher, who's living abroad in Madrid, and Apoorva Gombor, the co-founder of Diabetes India Youth in Action, who's in New Delhi right now. How are you guys both doing?
1: Awesome. We're good. Good. (laughs) Locked (laughs) down.
0: Well, I guess let's start with that. Currently, you guys are both under lockdown, both in Madrid and New Delhi, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And you have been for a few weeks. Looks like you might be for a few more weeks. I mm-hmm. know what's it like like how c- can you go out for groceries can you go out for a run or is it just doors locked can't leave
2: yeah so I'll st- I guess I'll start with Madrid um it's been like kind of they just locked us down uh, I think the beginning of March uh it's been about a month now March 12th I think was the original um and uh and we have since that day not been able to leave at all except for groceries or the pharmacy um, or, you know, obviously to go to the doctor or some of the essential workers that have been allowed to continue working. But um, you cannot run outside. You cannot walk outside. People have tried to fake that and they've gotten in trouble for it. So really, you have to stay inside.
0: (laughs) When was the last time you went outside, Sarah?
2: Well, yesterday, because I went to the grocery store. So I go about every five days. Yeah.
0: Was it crazy there? Were there a lot of people? Were there lines? Was there food?
2: Normally there's a line. Normally there's a line, but uh yesterday there wasn't one, so I got lucky. But yeah, normally there's a huge line, especially for Easter.
0: apurva um what's the lockdown like in India?
2: So, um
1: currently in India, we're on a nationwide lockdown. Uh we were on a 21-day lockdown till yesterday. And uh, yesterday, our prime minister extended the lockdown. Uh, so they now it's extended till the 3rd of May. So we probably open up on the 4th of May. Uh, but now this second lockdown, which is now the extended version, is com- compared to the first one, is less stringent because now they have identified the hotspots in different parts of the country. And they are like continuously monitoring the states where the hotspots are. And now with the increased number of testing The cases are coming up very high. So uh, things are going like that. So they are kind of like now working on a newer model of strategizing strategizing how to phase down this lockdown. Some states where they have identified uh, like hotspots, they're going to like close till, till the 3rd of May. But then gradually in other states from April 20, they'll open up a few essential services like travel across the state. Probably they will do that.
0: And when was the last time you were able to go outside for groceries or?
1: So that's the worst part. We are like on complete lockdown. We can't even take, like walk down and go for a run. Uh, it's not allowed. Wow. And we can't even take our dogs outside for like a walk. So that's really difficult. Only the doctors can go like I being a medical doctor, I can like walk down because I have a curfew pass. So I can go. Some of the doctors, all the essential services are operational. Food services are operational. You get all the groceries uh, in your house. If you're not, like, there are some places where there's a curfew, you can't walk out. So that's a hotspot area where they have identified it as a red zone. There, people, the, uh, the actions are really stringent. People cannot even go out for groceries. They have to just get home deliveries done.
0: And then when you when you do go out, what's the feeling like? Is it a, are people nervous? Are people scared? Or are we everyone just kind of depressed? and just kind of resigned.
1: You know, it's weird, you know, in India, markets are never this like, completely barren land. Indian markets are meant to like, be like people just close to each other. It's super crowded. And now it feels like this is not India. Like, people are like, standing like, one one meter away from each other. And, uh, some people are scared uh, because uh, we are not used to hand sanitizing. We're not used to, like, the hygiene level was never this kind what it is like everyone's washing their hands everyone's sanitizing their hands so it's been some people are okay with it because it's a new norm but some are still taking a back like why are you giving me this hand sanitizer it's so weird so it's it's a different thing here
0: (laughs) and uh and sarah in madrid what's the general feeling you know in the air
2: I mean, it's just been so long that we're all a little bit used to it. I don't know if I can tell that people are nervous. I I mean, in terms of uh, my roommates and and me, like, we all feel pretty safe and don't really get scared when we go to the grocery store now. Um, The grocery store that I go to, like, gives you hand sanitizer and gloves to put on before you even go in. And obviously, they're monitoring how many people are in the store at any given time. So I don't think I feel too unsafe when I leave. Um, so yeah, I think so. I mean, also for this whole time, like people have really been trying to like keep their spirits up and we have the daily like clap at 8 p.m. So I think overall there's a lot of gratitude and, and people are trying to just be as positive as possible.
0: What is the daily clap? (laughs)
2: <laughs> so so every every night at 8 p.m um since the entirety of this quarantine um we go out on our if you have a balcony you go on your balcony or we just open the windows and we clap for all of the health workers um you know everyone that's working to save us all and help everyone wow. and especially in madrid where it's like we have the most cases so yeah it's it's been really nice
0: that's really incredible
2: yeah
1: yeah we had one of those like on one of the days, uh, like on a Sunday, when our prime minister gave a talk, and then he was calling off for a lockdown for the next three weeks, and that was one of the days when was, which was called as a janta curfew, which is like the community, the entire community walks out, uses like just claps and like uses all those utensils to make a sound. Uh, they kind of linked it to a sound energy. But this was one of the things which India did too, like to just uh, encourage all the people on the front line.
0: So, taking a step back a little bit, I want to talk a little bit about what type one diabetes is like, not just in the U.S. Um, most of the people watching are probably here in the U.S. We kind of know what the healthcare system like is like, mostly uh, private insurance. Um, Large copays for very expensive, you know, several hundred dollars a vial for a vial of insulin, um, not to mention all the other supplies. You can get pretty much anything you want as long as you have enough money to pay for it. If you want inhalable insulin, your insurance doesn't cover it, you can pay for it. It's available. You can get Dexcoms, you can get EverSense, you can get Libre, um, any kind of pump, right? It's here for a price. Um, Sarah, you, we met when you were living in Southern California. Uh, You decided to go to Madrid for an adventure. Uh, Maybe not this adventure. (laughs) No. (laughs) So when you left, you know, having only known kind of the U.S. healthcare system, were you nervous? And did you do any research ahead of time on what it was going to be like in Madrid?
2: So I did a ton of research before I left. And so it didn't make me super nervous. I felt like I was pretty well prepared ahead of time. I think it's my personality to not really go with without a plan. Um, But I I mean, I was a little concerned maybe about going to the doctor and having to speak in Spanish to them, or maybe there being some sort of communication barrier that that I wasn't going to be able to deal with super well, because I came with basic Spanish, and it's improved. But you know, when you start to talk about medical things, it's a little bit more complicated. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that hasn't been an issue. Um, But I came here with a ton of insulin. And I have had an easy time buying it here anyways. Um, And then I've met people here that are also diabetic. And so I can ask questions with them. And they, they're always offering like, if you need more insulin, here it is, it's only, you know, five euros for me to get it. And uh, normally like without a prescription, it would be 35 or 40 euros, which is still super duper cheap compared to anything I was paying for in the U S.
0: <laughs> and are you able to get the same insulins that you were using here?
2: Yeah. So I can get the same insulins. Um, so, um, Traceba and, um, Tugeo, um, mm-hmm. you can both get and then Novolog or Nova And then also, I know that I can get the Freestyle Libre. I just haven't, I now I'm not going to worry about it, but um, I can get that just as easily here as I could in the U.S. as well. So,
0: so easy. And do you need a prescription for anything, these things? Or you just, or can you just walk into a pharmacy and just buy a bottle?
2: So you can walk into a pharmacy and, and get the pens. Um, and so I've done that. Um, if you have a prescription, it's normally cheaper, um, but you can still get it regardless. And so I've never had to worry like, if I if I'm just ran out of a prescription that I you know that I can't buy it, I can always buy it. So
0: compared to the US where if you run out of insulin, you you either have to buy an older insulin uh that doesn't work as well. Right. You can buy that at Walmart or something. Or you have to go to the emergency room and wait in line, get a vial. Right. There are lots of patient assistance programs. There are usually things you have to sign up for. Um I will mention, you know, Lily just did, started one. It's a $35 copay for insulin now. It's still something that you have to opt into. You have to call them. You have to get approved. Your system seems much better in Madrid.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's It's been nice. And I have insurance, but the insurance really, it's not covering my insulin, but that's okay because it's still really, really cheap for me. I mean, 35 euros to me is nothing like... For Spanish people, they're like, oh, my gosh, like, don't pay that. But for me, I'm like, you don't understand. This is cheaper than monthly what I was paying for for insulin, you know, 100 or $200 a month. So, yeah.
0: Apoorva, what is living with type 1 diabetes like in India?
2: It's very
1: different, like, compared to, like, I work with people across the globe represented at, like, different conferences. And uh, getting to know how the situation is in different countries, uh, India is very different, of uh, compared to most of the world. Uh, because here, the access, uh, we still have issues. 70% of India is still in the rural uh, rural areas. And most of the people don't even have access to the basic insulin, the, the regular insulin. So the analog versions are available, but you have to pay out of pocket for that. And uh, that's only that's expensive compared to uh, the, the regular insulin. And you need, some people need prescriptions uh, to buy even like regular insulin. But if you're a type 1 and most of the people in the cities, they, have, they can use the older prescription and just get their uh, regular supply of insulin by just walking into the store. Uh, compared to the US, I think insulin is uh, pretty cheap. Uh, because we, we get like, I have a friend, Eric, who just got locked down in, the, in India just because he couldn't travel back. Uh, he's on the same Beyond Type One uh, leadership committee, and when he he was he just shared a video yesterday saying that in Bangalore he stuck up uh, and he had to like pay so much money, like almost like hundred uh, US dollars to buy a vial of insulin, and in which he got for like just ten dollars in in India. So compared to that, it's com- it's completely different. Uh, now most of the people in India, like the government, does give. Uh, regular insulin in the supply in government hospitals, but most of the people who are on analog versions, they have to pay out of pocket, and you have to spend from your own side. There's no nothing called insurance in our country for type one. Uh, so, the, and a lot of people, there is a lot of lack of awareness about the condition, and uh, most of the people don't uh, really know what how to manage type one. So, there's one issue uh, in with that. So um, some of the uh, people like lose like the rural areas don't even know how to inject. They don't even get access to the injections. So that's one terrible uh, issue with uh, the supply of insulin. In this scenario of crisis, uh, currently there is no uh, limitation in the supply, but we are assuming a lot of people uh, who are like locked down in the rural areas, because we have pharmacies mainly localized in the cities now those, those people in the rural areas don't have access to those to the easy access to the pharmacy, so they are completely stuck and they cannot travel uh, to far off cities during this lockdown for a few times. So we need to like provide them do something and just give them access to the insulin somehow. So there are people who are facing they will be facing now with the extended lockdown. Uh, we were well prepared by because we kind of stocked up our supplies and we told everybody in the organisation as well. Uh, that please stock up your supplies just to be pre- prepared. Like you don't have, uh, any limitation in the supplies. So we have done that, but there are some people who are stuck and they, they are still, uh, like doing an insulin delivery online. Currently things are available, but we're estimating that over the course of the lockdown extends, there will be a shortage of the supply.
0: And have you heard from people uh, in these rural areas who are running out of insulin?
1: Yeah. Uh, so two days back, uh, one of like the, in the organization, we sponsor a child uh, monthly supply of insulin. So he he comes to the center and gets his uh, supply of insulin, or like gets a paycheck from our organization. So we give him monthly supplies of insulin and uh, blood sugar strips. So now what happened that now he couldn't come in. And then he called that I am just running out. There's just two days left and my insulin will be completely over. And he couldn't come because his dates were supposed the were in between the twenty-one day lockdown and they couldn't come out come out of their place. Uh, so one of the one of our co-founding members in the in the organization arranged through some police or like he kind of figured out his sources and got it delivered and we did an online transfer so th- this is how we like worked up. This is all word of, like by word of mouth, we kind of helped, which is really nice because the contacts really helped in times of crisis like these. And there was no other way to get him the insulin. Like It was very difficult. And he lives in one, okay, like we are in the center of the city in Delhi and he lives at one border where there is no uh, pharmacy. Like it's very, very difficult for them. No transportation as well.
0: Well, thank goodness for social media and technology for people to be able to get in touch with people like you and organizations like uh, Diabetes India Youth in Action to get supplies when they need it. Sarah, have you guys in Madrid been affected uh, insulin-wise, supply-wise during the pandemic?
2: Not that I'm aware of. No, I think everything's okay in that regard.
0: In the U.S., I know Novo Nordus just announced that you—it's like you can get free insulin for the next like 90 days um, during this whole thing. So you don't have to pay anything. Uh, I already mentioned the Eli Lilly $35 uh, patient savings card. Um, you know, no nothing that I've seen. Uh, none of these companies say there's any issue with supply. No one's worried about supply lines and running out of insulin. Um, but obviously, if you can't leave your home, um luckily in the US you know we can do that uh you can go to a pharmacy and get supplies you need but if you can't you really just need to have it with you mm-hmm. you know we we talked a little bit about what it's like living with diabetes uh in these countries sort of like on a on a on a broad level um maybe from like a personal level um a if you can talk a little bit about the types of technology available to people um you, know, you said most people don't uh, even know how to manage their type one diabetes. so is that is that really the case in india how How do people survive with type one?
1: So um type one is very different in India, and like uh like I always say this that we are always against like we are always well prepared in times of war because diabetes doesn't stop, like even in times of crisis. It's like a war in our own body. So we need to be well prepared always. Mm. Now in India, uh, a very, very few people have this awareness about uh, type 1 diabetes. With growing uh, social media and uh, organizations coming up every day, people really talking about it. Now type 1 diabetes is considered as a, like a, a known condition. And uh, uh, there is a huge taboo attached with the disease. A lot of people were hiding it for a very long time. And now with the rising social media, and the support groups that have come up, uh, more and more people are feeling more empowered and confident about their diabetes and managing it. Uh, coming from a medical background, I feel that uh, a lot of medical professionals uh, like in the rural area still don't know how to manage type 1 diabetes. There are uh, good profession professionals in the cities who are managing type 1. They know what insulin pump is, how to manage it, how, how to manage it. But some of the people in the rural areas, they don't even know, like they would actually go for alternative sources of treatment, uh, like putting the patient on Ayurvedic stuff or the like, uh, there will be homeopathy stuff. And that's where the problem is. We've seen patients land up in complications coming to the hospital where they've completely stopped insulin, thinking that that there is a cure to type one by giving a homeopathic medication or an ayurvedic medication and they have landed up in diabetic ketoacidosis there are people children like very small children who really like had cerebral herniations damage to their brain and the ICUs, and completely like bad conditions and uh, those are people where the awareness was not there and that's one of the reasons that they had to switch to alternative sources of therapy and not realizing that insulin was the only uh, drug of choice uh but people who are uh, mm. well equipped and like they have access to good hospitals and care they reach to the good doctors and then they get what what they need but majority people like the in the rural areas they have to go through a lot of uh problems and then they land up uh, at, in the very last last stage when the things have really gone bad uh, one of the reasons why in india the level of awareness is low is because some people are uh uneducated and they the, the disease because i think every chronic condition has this taboo and stigma attached to it similarly with type one like most of the people were hiding their disease for a very long time and they feel that it kind of like limits their uh, personality and then they, you don't get married because in india you know a lot of things get attached to getting married a female with type one diabetes mm-hmm. cannot give birth to a normal child so I don't want to get married to this person so all these kind of myths that are attached to the disease that's one of the reasons why people were not very open about it but now I think with rising awareness uh, more and more people are feeling confident and there are people who are running marathons running like talking about it they are using uh, type one as one of the skills to work Uh, like using type one to like educate others and telling them then hey like I can do this you can do it too Coming to technology, yes, uh, there is limited access of technology here. Uh, we are not like a very well, uh, like we're not a rich country as such. So the, the technology stuff is still not, uh, it's still very low compared to what the U.S. has. We still don't have, very few people would actually know what CGMs are. Uh, some people who are in the major cities can afford to buy a Dexcom, get it imported from the U.S. or like buy out of pocket. But there's no insurance, as I mentioned before. There's only one sensor available, uh, which is of the Metronic sensor, which is expensive. So everybody cannot go on that. Only people who can afford can. Uh, and there is a Libre version of the sensor. But it is a very different version of what UK and the US have. Uh, it's something called the Libre professional versions, which is only meant for the doctor. So it was never a patient-friendly version. Right. Like, it doesn't show the readings as such and doesn't even have alarms. So that's something uh, different. So we have a very different version, though. There are a lot of doctors who are lobbying, uh, saying that, yes, we want children to like self-manage their diabetes. Uh, but I think we are still uh, very far on that road. We're, like We need to go a long way, well, like educating uh, people and educating the people who are living with diabetes as such. Uh, Some people are really not confident and even at like age of 25, 24, I've seen people having like diabetic retinopathy and severe complications.
0: And what about insulin pumps? Do people have insulin pumps?
1: So uh, in the cities, yes, where people are now uh, well-versed at what an insulin pump is, Uh, some people, uh, like it's expensive, so everybody cannot afford the insulin pump. It's almost... um, I don't know how to convert it into U.S. dollars, but in Indian rupees, it's uh, almost like a 3.5 lakh uh, Indian rupee. Uh, And we just have a 640G, which is the latest Medtronic pump. There is no other pump available. It's only a Medtronic insulin pump. And uh, some people, uh, the basic pump, which was 722 uh, model, which is an older version, that is available, which is a cheaper version, but still a lot of people are not on the insulin pump. They prefer... um, multi uh, the daily injections compared to the pumps because they're not they cannot afford it it's very difficult
0: yeah so sarah apurva mentioned the stigma of diabetes so i'm you know you mentioned that you went there the madrid you found like meetup groups you found groups of type 1 diabetics in madrid is that stigma not there is it weird are people understanding of type 1 do they talk about it <laughs>
2: I think um, from what I can tell, I think they deal with the same things that we do in the U.S. Um, Because I had gone to a uh, talk um, for a guy that was talking about mental health and diabetes. And, um, you know, one of my friends spoke up and was like, I would like for people to not judge me when I take uh, insulin shots in public, you know, because I'm not going to go to the bathroom every time to take an insulin Mm. shot. Um, and so I think there's kind of the same sort of things that we deal with in the U S here. So I would say it's about the same. Um, I don't, I haven't really noticed anything, um, myself. I mean, I take shots in public and, and test my blood sugar in public. And I think most people just, you know, don't look, um, or look away. Um, but yeah, I think it's probably about the same. I'm sure there's some sort of a stigma that they have here too.
0: And you had mentioned um, it's easy to get insulins, right? The same insulins that we have here in the U.S., the analogs. Um, And you mentioned the Libre. Have the people you met in Madrid, do they wear pumps? Is that a thing? Yeah.
2: So they do have pumps. I think two of the three girls I most recently met up with had pumps. Um, But they are more limited with what they have access to. I know that it's... um, it's not as easy to get the Dexcom here, and it's not as easy to get any pump that is not um, a Medtronic. Um, I'm not sure about the Omnipod. I didn't ask them about that, but I know that I had talked to them when I used to have the T-Slim, and they're like, oh, we would love to have that, and we can't get that here. So I know they're a little bit more limited with what choices they have to use.
1: Yeah.
0: Personally, um, how do you guys feel right now? Are you, are you worried being stuck at home? Are you hopeful? Apoorah, why don't, why don't you start?
1: Um, of course, I'm worried because, you know, like, if locked down in the house, you don't get to, like, daily exercise. You're like, you can't even go for a run. It's So, I think I've become more moody in this phase because some days I'm, like, happy when I wake up and the other days I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do now? And the blood sugars have been a little um, uncooperative, I'll say, like, you don't know what's happening. Sometimes your body is behaving like with the right amount of food, you're doing everything normal, everything's working fine, but still your blood sugars are going all wanky. Um, so, so I don't know, like it's quite uh, unprecedented times we're living in uh, and the blood sugars are like that. But I think we diabetics, like type 1, are well prepared most of the time how to manage it. This is how we live on our daily basis, like what's coming next tomorrow. So we're always hopeful and uh, we always wake up positive that, okay, we can manage this, we can fix this. Like, even if we have a low in the morning, we always face the day as it is. We are like strong enough and give that bold face to diabetes. So I think we will give the bold face to this phase as well and uh, we'll fight it off and rise up again.
0: (laughs) Now, even though most people are locked down in India, are you worried, you know, being a medical professional, going out and working, are you worried about getting COVID-19?
1: So yes, uh, like my entire family is uh, a medical profession, comes from a medical background. My father, uh, like he had to complete. Like we, we all were worried, like that if my father goes to his hospital, he should not come back home, like getting it because you know I am an immunocompromised person. I stepped off my duty, although uh, we were called back to the hospital to serve. But I stepped off my duty because I know I'm immunocompromised and I will catch it. And if not for me, I will spread it to my family, which is even worse. So, yes, there part of yourself is scared about it. My mother is a gynecologist. She had to step back off her duty. She does only emergency delivery. But uh, we are all scared because you don't have like the protection gear for yourself. And uh, there have been cases which have said that, Despite the uh, protective gear, there are chances that you will carry the infection in your shoes or in your something. And then you, you, you don't know. You could be a carrier to somebody else in the family. So that was, yeah, we are scared as medical professionals too. But that's what something we chose. Like This, was a one of, this is our duty to be in such time. It's like a war zone and we need to be there as soldiers. But like, we are doing our part. My parents are going to the hospital, but they have limited their work. And I have stepped back off my duty. So I'm at home. Two of my colleagues got COVID positive. Like, uh, like with the hospital I work in, two of my friends, they are COVID positive and they had to be put in isolation. Mm.
0: Wow. Sarah, you went to Madrid looking for this great adventure. <laughs> You've been inside for several weeks now. Mentally... How are you doing
2: I like to say it's an hourly basis um, I wake up sometimes I'm fine some and then halfway through the day it's like you have a meltdown then you feel better um, I mean I think I've, I've been very social so I don't feel lonely at all I'm always I live with four other people so I, I don't have that problem necessarily. Um, you know, we, we try and play games and everything, but uh, in terms of not getting fresh air and not really seeing the outside world, um, since we can't exercise, walk, and those were things that I did every day, um, I'm losing my mind a little bit like that. I would agree with Apurva that I'm a little bit more moody at this time, <laughs> a little bit more irritable. Um, but I mean, overall, my, my spirits are up. I'm not afraid of getting it. Really, um I mean, there's uncertainty on if I would feel anything at all or if I would be knocked down completely with it, but at this point i'm I'm okay with that, so I don't have much fear but just a little bit losing it with with no sunshine.
0: <laughs> well, hang in there, both of you guys that's. <laughs> All the time we uh, have for today, Lunch Break is a production of BetaCell and it's produced by me, Craig Stubing. Thanks to everyone watching on Facebook and Twitch. We'll be doing more episodes every day at noon Pacific this week. So tune in to watch live or you can hear it the next day on the BetaCell podcast. Our website is betacellpodcast.com. There you can find every episode of all of the BetaCell shows. If you want to listen to something besides just depressing pandemic news. JDRF is the leading global organization funding type 1 diabetes research. They need your help to do the important work of improving the lives of people with type 1. You can get involved with your local chapter or donate at jdrf.org. And if you're watching on Twitch right now, there is a button to donate right there, right below the video. Um, So lastly, uh, Sarah Naporva, what are some of the ways you guys have been mentally coping with the stress of being stuck at home? What's, What's a tip or trick that has kept you positive?
2: For me, working out daily. Doing workouts on YouTube um, have kept me very sane, uh, more so than I would be without them. Since I can't get exercise outside, um, 100% to blow off steam, I feel so much better working out.
0: Are you just going to come out as ripped?
2: Uh, yeah, I've, I've joked. I mean, I I think uh, I, I've been eating, like... Uh, comfort foods more too, which kind of cancels it out maybe, but but yeah, I'm I think I'm gonna be in better shape after this than before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Apoorva, how are you staying positive?
2: So I've been uh, doing yoga every day.
1: Uh, like that, that's something which is like my me time, and uh, I think spending more time with family has been really nice because uh, we are all medical professionals. We hardly get time in at our places. Like my pa- parents are hardly home. So this is uh, a good time for all of us to catch up. It's been years we sat together on a dinner table and this is the time where we all sit together and like really discuss about what's happening in each other's lives. So that's something which is really nice. Uh, I know this is a slowdown time for us, but somewhere there's a blessing that we actually could make out time to like sit together on a dinner table. So that's that's really sweet.
0: Well, thank you everyone for watching. Uh, Thank you guys. We'll see everyone tomorrow. Go wash your hands. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, <laughs>